This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week, two fantastic human beings, Renee Rodriguez. Hola. And Kate Scotchless. Hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. Really excited that you're here. Even though last week's episode was so amazing, we had Matt Horick on and he was fantastic. We got to top it this week, so I expect your AAA game. <laughs> let me ask you the question. Uh. <laughs> I, I know, I know, it's, it's high bar, but let me ask the question I ask every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with Kate. I'm good. Comics have been good. There was an insane sale on Kindle Comics um, that... Don't. It got real bloody. It got, it got bad. Don't get started. <laughs> it got so bad, but it was so good. And now I have so many more comics sitting on my unread shelf, uh, which is always good because stockpiles are good. And despite all that, I also impulse bought some comics late night the way I like to do. So that, <laughs> that all turned out great. I picked up Star Wars Volume 4 from the library. It came in on my hold. It's been on my hold list for like three months or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't like it as much as the other Star Wars volumes, to be honest. Well, it was it was probably on par with Volume Two. The dialogue in this got to me a little forced feeling, especially between Han and Leia. And then <laughs> I'm like, I like Jorge Molina. It was forced, Kate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh! I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You're getting on to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Renee was doing puns in the pre-show. I'm sorry. And now I'm now it's all in my brain. Oh, oh! Blame me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, guys. Okay. So moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like the first, the trade starts with a like a kind of one shot um, of an Obi-Wan flashback back when he was watching Luke as a kid. And that's with Mike Mayhew's art, which I liked. And then it goes into the main arc done with art by Jorge Molina, whose art I like, but this kind of cartoony style for Star Wars, I'm not as huge of a fan of. I just, it doesn't feel like as good of a fit to me. But then that that's totally personal preference. It's not bad by any means. And then the end has an R2-D2 short by Chris, gonna butcher this last name, Eliopolis or something like that. I might have I added like right. two extra syllables. We don't know. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Close. I like it. I don't know. It wasn't bad. I'm glad I got it from the library. I also read Underwinter number two, which is all Tia's fault, and she's always right, and everything Ray Fox makes is beautiful, so everyone should get it. Mm-hmm. Green Valley number eight, which is just the best and over soon, which is sad. Uh, Super Sons number four which continues to be fantastic. This is the one by Peter Tomasi and Jorge. Are we saying that Jimenez? Jimenez? There we go. Jimenez. We'll we'll go with that. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. It's very Jimenez. Okay. Jimenez. We knew we had you on for a reason, Renee. Oh. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) The puns and the pronunciation. That's that's where you're at. That's Um, why I get hired in a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then my my big one my impulse purchase was Iceman number one which was one of these like 2am on ca- comiXology impulse purchases I'm like it's pride month I can justify this right yes. and now I have to keep reading it because it was so good this is the new one by Cena Grace uh, with art by Ale- Alessandro Vitti and the cover art by Kevin Wada which is gorgeous and it hit me right in the feels and all the those those notes about trying to come out to your parents and it really just not working because there is literally never a good time and <laughs> it was too real guys too real i had all the late night feels and then 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Everyone should get it. I have I haven't read this yet, but I'm very excited. I bought a special variant cover, and it's coming on the internet. So it's so, <laughs> so good. Excited. You spent your money wisely. How about you, Renee? I'm, I'm just distracted by late night feels now because I'm like that would be a really good like late night show or podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just goes on air at like two. A- it uploads at two a.m. Like you're welcome. Yeah, with like a, a nice just sultry voice. Hello, this is late night feels. Mm-hmm. Putting you at rest. I don't know. <laughs> So tell us about your feels, Renee. Yes, Renee, what have you been reading? Oh my gosh. I mean, and also, how have you been, right? Like, second person never gets to answer that question, I think. It's true. Uh, I mean, I've been good, and, uh, you know, comics are always good to me. It's a nice, soft, tender love, you know. um, (laughs) Except when they stab you in the heart. You know, even when there's tears, I feel like it's a good cry, because, I mean... (laughs) This happened when I was reading, I, I read Saga, I caught up on Saga up to volume seven, and uh, I finished volume seven. I didn't want to wait, so I, I read it in, in the store, and uh, <laughs> uh, I got to the, the final pages of volume seven, and I just cried, and I oh, cursed Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, yeah, that's oh. the one that ends in all black, oh, it's right? so oh. yes. good, yes. Oh. It's so good. I just, I, oh, I cried, I screamed, I went, damn it, Brian K. Vaughn. Damn it. And then the person in the next aisle just looked at me like I was a freak show. And I was like, you wouldn't understand. Well, you would if you read this. You should get this. And I told like everyone at my work, I was like, you need to read anything by Brian K. Vaughn. And they're like, all right, you need to calm down because I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, well, let me explain. He's the gateway writer for everyone to get into comics. You just pick up yes. Saga. And then you're like, okay, now I'm hooked. Now I spent all the money on the comics industry. It's mm-hmm. a secret yeah, yeah, exactly. plot. There's this guy that I work with who's read Paper Girls, and so he's like, oh, I really like Brian K. Vaughn. So I was like, oh, then you should read Why the Last Man, and Ex Machina, and Saga, and da la 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 And then he told me, you should probably get back to work. And Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there was a... There was a buy two get one free sale at Barnes and Noble this week, so I bought mm. a lot of things. Like, I picked up Kingdom Those Come. Those are dangerous. And uh, uh, Superman Red Sun, and... A lot of other stuff. I picked up the Unwritten Volume Two because I was trying to read that. And oh, nice! Randomly, this book—I don't know if I talked about this last time—but it's this indie book called "We Can Never Go Home." And uh, yeah, dude, yeah, Black Mask. That's some yeah, good stuff. yeah. Written by Matthew Rosenberg and Patrick Kindlin, I think is how you pronounce that. And it was a uh, really good, really dark. It didn't go the way that I thought it was going to, but I loved the crap out of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, also because of the. Uh, Buy, t- buy two get one free was also on the manga side so i actually also oh, no. got a lot of manga oh, no. um, <laughs> relevant to this week's episode I, I don't know if you know this but i buy a lot of manga i bought 40 books last year alone. holy crap and they're like ten dollars a piece yeah <laughs> wowzer dude yeah, well, at Christmas, they also had that buy two, get one free thing. So, Oh, no. And I get a dollar off because I have a Barnes & Noble membership. And, You're like, uh, Merry Christmas to Renee, Merry Christmas to Renee, and Merry Christmas to Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and also, my best friend also got me a manga for uh, Christmas, too. So, <laughs> Oh, man. It's just what else manga on top of manga. It was good. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what's happening with me. What's happening with you, Mike? Ooh, uh, well, for me... I didn't. I, I've read a lot, but I, I just want to pick out a few choice books. Um, I read Rat Queens number three. I just keep telling myself I'm in this for an arc. I'm in this for an arc. I'm in this <laughs> it's your for mantra. an arc. Yeah, so how's I have that to going keep, for you? Yeah, I don't know. Like 
I feel like I'm the book is tainted because of the external everything that's happened outside of the book. So when I'm reading it, I'm kind of just like, I don't know, like I wish that I could just wipe that bit clean and try to read this book with like an unbiased opinion because I think ultimately it's not bad. But there are just some parts of it where like they skipped a lot of the story about like what happened in the last arc or maybe I missed it somehow um, in the previous run of Rat Queens. So now there's just I have all these questions and I'm like they got to answer it by the end of the first arc because people who have been reading it for a long time have to get these answers or at least I think that we deserve these answers. So as I said, I'm in this for the arc. Um, I also read ringside number 10 this book finally rounded off its second arc it, it took a long time to get to 10 issues for this book or maybe time is playing games with my mind because it seems like this book took a really long time to get where it's at i don't know where i sit with it i still don't know how i feel about it but i think i want to reread it before the next arc starts to try to get like it's one of those books that like you're really 10 needed... issues in and you don't know where you're at with well, it you're like i dropped 40 books... but i don't know <laughs> i mean Here's the I, thing. we've all been there Here's the thing about this book. It, I really want to like it. I really want to like it. But it came out so inconsistently. It's oh, one of those books yeah. where like, I've never felt disdain towards it. But I've never been like fully hooked in. And I've been waiting for the hook. And I've been buying issue after issue. Kind of thinking, yeah, you're getting there. You're definitely getting there. You're definitely getting there. And the last issue had some really cool points that I was kind of hoping they would get to in the story. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone out there because I think this book really deserves a solid read. You should pick it up in trade. I think it would read really well as a trade. So I want to go back and reread it before the next arc starts out before I decide if I want to keep pulling it or not. So that's where I'm at with the book. And I think there's a couple months between now and then, uh, between now and the next arc starting. So I'm I'm going to reread and make a final decision. But I liked the, some of the pieces that they did at the end of issue 10 i can just say that and uh frank barber's art is is top notch it's it's so blocky and beautiful i love it um i also read <laughs> the amory wars good apollo i'm burning star four number two and three <sighs> i don't know how to explain this book to anyone at all except for this small close-knit group of people who listen to coheed and cambria and follow the story of that of the band of like the weird concept that the band did for like seven um albums this is like a very like this is the fourth volume third volume in a six volume story so far and it's really weird it's really hard to explain like the story came the story starts with this quote-unquote first album which is actually volume two in the story um we find out I'm not going to go into it. It's really complex and convoluted. (laughs) I read this book. I'm fucking loving it. Claudio Sanchez and his wife, whose name I didn't write down the the information uh, for this book, but his wife writes the book. Uh, She is doing a fantastic job writing a good story that pulls quotes from the lyrics of this band, which I'm really digging. Um, Rags Morales is on the art like fucking top-notch dude doing the art for this book which is amazing um and if you're a big fan of this coed and cambria story like i am this is this is really hitting home it's really kicking ass um so this book is fantastic if you've read all the other previous contextual stuff anyways i won't go into it any further i say haven't you met claudio sanchez and his wife yeah, I met them a couple times. They're really, and really cool. You can't cool remember folks. her name, even though you've met her. <laughs> I've met I've met her once. I've met Claudio like four times. It's it's a different thing. I'm I I'm now I'm, I feel like a total dick. This leave me alone, Renee. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the one book that I really really enjoyed, and I want to say is probably the best superhero book out there that isn't Invincible. Black Hammer number nine. Holy 
shit, this book is fantastic. I, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love this book. Um, what you did? That, come on, that was that was a really bad Backstreet Boys joke. Come on, Lee. Uh. I was with you. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. So, Black Hammer number nine. I read this book finally. It's it's so good. Jeff Lemire is doing stellar work, telling a story about a broken Justice League esque group, and we're, the mystery's unraveling. And there were all these parts of my heart that broke in this issue because some really bad stuff happened and now I feel really bad because you got to read this book. Ugh. <laughs> if you if you want to read anything by Jeff Lemire like his Royal City is fantastic, but if you had to pick one, now that Moon Knight is over, <laughs> pick up Black Hammer. Go get those back issues. Get volume 1, catch up. This book is seriously fantastic. It's one of the best books being published hands down. I would recommend this book to absolutely anyone. You need no context, you need no nothing. You just need this book. And I know we say that a lot about independent books, but for a superhero story, that's very rare and Black Hammer is doing everything right. I I got to credit Jeff Lemire. He is he is kicking so much ass with this book. So that's that's me. That's what I read. Let's talk about what we're excited for this upcoming week. Comic books come out on June 14th, 2017. Renee, what are you excited for this week? Man, that is a that is a tough question because I don't actually keep up with anything anymore. So I I am mainly a tradesperson. So okay. Like, there's okay. only there's only one series that I really am interested in reading, but like um I guess I'm waiting for volume three to come out and I didn't check when it was coming out. So that's a bad on my part, but it's a, uh, I think we talked about this last time, but I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast. It's a series called lock and key. And what it is, is it's a grown up version of Calvin and Hobbes, but Calvin is a detective and every, he's still talking to, to Hobbes. Wait, what? But he's, Hold uh, on. It's called is lock this, and key. It's this, that's the, the same. Oh, name. sorry. No, it's, it's, uh, sorry. it's not lock and key. It's Spencer and lock. I'm Spencer uh, and lock. Okay. Like, yeah. That is not lock and key <laughs> sorry, at all. Sorry. Not lock name. and key. Spencer and lock. Yes. My bad. That makes way more sense. That makes, makes way more sense. <laughs> I don't know. As I remember that it was lock in there and it was spelled similarly, I guess. I don't know. I'm weird. I mean, everyone should go read Lock and Key too, but <laughs> Yeah, they yeah, they should. But Spencer and Locke, Calvin and Hobbes, crazy detective, adult, very noir-esque and uh so it has like a little serious colors, but it's still kind of like a cartoonish vibe to it. And um yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to just the fact that it exists as a series is very exciting for me. Cool. I will I will look that up and post a link in the show notes cuz I I feel like that's I've heard of this book, but I've never seen it. So I'll have to look yeah, into it some more. Yeah, because we we talked about it last time. And Definitely, be, yeah, yeah. But because because like the uh, I think it wasn't coming out that week. It was coming out the week after. You were like, let's not talk about it. And I was like, okay, sure, sure. At this point, you know, it's fine. I I trust you. It's coming out eventually. You know, at least probably yeah. before the next time you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Cool, Kate. What about you? I am looking forward to Vision uh, Director's Cut number one because Marvel is just like dripping all the money they can out of this. Um, and I'm giving it to them. I'm like, you know what? 
Did I spend, what, close to 50 on singles already for this when it first came out? Of course I did. Um, am I going to spend 42 to get do more dollars to get all of this? Of course I am. When you come out with the Omnibus hardcover, will I buy that for like 50 bucks? You bet. And, and they know this. Hey, I'm, and so they I'm do right it. there with you. <laughs> right? I, do, um, I did this with, with uh, X-Men Legacy. Oh, I no, didn't know I, they did it with I that did, too. Oh, no, I did this with X-Men Legacy. I oh. totally understand. I bought it digital. I bought it single issues. I bought the hardcover. Like, I'm... I'm willing to spend money on books yep. that are that good. So, yeah, Marvel's pulling a Watchmen here where they re-release in floppies before going to hardcover because it's so popular. And so I got the first time round all in digital singles. And so now I'll have floppies and then a hardcover sits on your shelf. I can't imagine they don't ultimately do an omnibus of this, right? Um, oh, yeah. So that's what's happening. The extras include things like Tom King's original series pitch and script excerpts, uh, character designs and sketches by Gr Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, and cover sketches by Mel Mike Del Mundo. Ooh. And it all sounds incredible, and I can't wait. Each of the director's cut issues is two, includes two of the original issues. So number one has issues one and two, plus all the extras for those two issues. So it's a... All told, there will be six of these director cuts for the 12 issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's That sounds exciting. I'm almost... I didn't know that they were doing this. I'm almost like willing to buy this as yeah, well. That book the, is the, fantastic. The real hesitation is just that it's $7 a pop. So you're, you're almost spending as much to get this this time around for the extra content as you did with the original floppies if you already read it. Right. I mean, if you didn't already read it, this is cheaper then, well, not if you went and got digitals now, because they're like two bucks for each issue now on on Comixology. But but if you still, need those floppies. Exactly. And you do, because this is one of those precious series you want to have and hold close to your heart forever <laughs> and worry about the humidity in your closet because you need them around in 50 years. So right. yeah. I mean, if you if you eat out a lot, just, you know, trade one night of eating out for one of the you know, <laughs> one of the books. Oh, Renee, I love that you think I can afford to eat out a lot. <laughs> I don't know your, I said if you do. I don't know yeah. your circumstance. It's true, it's true. How about you, Mike? Thanks for the tip, Renee. That's, it's a good, it's a good idea. Um, that's what I do. I eat out all the time or something. That's what, I don't know, whatever. For me, I'm excited for Green Valley number nine. This is the last issue, folks. This is it. Max Landis' uh, monster crazy whatever the hell is going on crazy shit is finally ending this Number is almost nine. my pick too this this book so is excited this book has been fantastic since issue one and i was worried that by like issue five or six it was gonna lull but by five or six he started adding more elements and uh giuseppe coming coldy's art has been absolutely top notch like this is the kind of quote-unquote maxi series that i want from image give me nine right. solid fucking issues of a comic book that gets me really like roped in and attached to characters break my fucking heart for nine issues like that's what this book is and i love it it's it's going to be a great hardcover that's going to sit on my shelf i've been buying this all digital oh no that's not true i've been buying digital and physical I, I, i'm gonna own <laughs> this is one of those books that i've been buying like twice over because it's that good i really really love this book if you don't like max landis i'm sorry but i think that he did a stupendous job with this series i'm really excited to see him round it out yeah and it's okay it to like his work and not him as a person i was sure, gonna yeah. say that's how i feel about max i like i really yeah. like him as a writer but as a person yep. he is kind of um yep yep he rubs you the wrong way, and I, you know I totally get that. So, I still follow him on Twitter, so that's where we're at in our relationship. <laughs> I'm, I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. 
so the, I'm really excited for this book. It's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be big too, right? Isn't it a uh, extra yeah, big? It's, yeah, it's a double sized <laughs> issue. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Listen, we at the I Read Comic Books podcast like to keep the industry afloat by buying multiple copies of the same thing, and you're <laughs> yeah. welcome, comics industry. <laughs> yeah. You can't see it, but I'm giving floppies. a thumbs up. Thank you, what Renee. Is, what is this floppiesness? What is what? that? Physical copies of comics are called floppies. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. This see, is I, one I of the never very heard this few term. series I get in floppies at this point, yeah. There's like two yeah. others. See, I still think of, when you say floppies, I still think floppy disk. Oh, which, yeah. Well, we're oh, actually boy. going out and buying this in digital, but it comes on a floppy disk because the yeah, industry yeah. has not caught up to technology standards. I would, I would actually <laughs> still buy a floppy disk with comics on it. So, I mean, don't Oh, man. It. So my next, is all the rage nowadays. My next Kickstarter is going to have an option where you can get the comic book on a series <laughs> of floppy disks. Nine floppy disks will get you the whole series. <laughs> you can, you know. They're all different colors. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah. You can only pick like four JPEGs on a floppy, if I remember correctly. This yeah. one, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, sorry. Sorry. The whole series, it'll, nine floppies per issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's more accurate enough that nine... <laughs> Yeah, if you want the the, the twelve whole issue series, series the 90 that's going to be floppy edition. Yeah, ninety plus floppies. You know, it depends. <laughs> get the exclusive Kickstarter backing, hundred dollar <laughs> pledge level to get the floppy disk version. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> Our show this week, as I sort of hinted at earlier, is all about manga. Mostly an introduction to manga, why people like Renee and myself like it, and why people like Kate don't really care for it. Um, so today I want to talk about, you know, like what the main differences are, I guess, between manga and Western comic books, such as your standard Marvel, DC, Image, whatever you want to call it, and why Renee and I like it, and why Kate maybe doesn't like it. And we'll, we'll go through like everything that's around there, and I'll stop blathering. I guess to start, the primary difference between manga and Western comics is they read in different directions, right? You read right to left, and you read from... Yeah, you read right to left. It's, it's kind of funky. Um, but the books open the opposite direction, um, and there's a whole, other, whole, whole bunch of others. So typically in black and white, you'll get special color issues. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Renee, talk about manga. Talk about why you like manga, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's mainly going to be me talking about why Kate is wrong. Aww. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It sound I'm like kidding. I hate it. I'm saying like I've read a few things and they weren't for me. So it's, That's fine. It's, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know that I've read enough to have a definitive opinion, but I've tried, well, I mean, man. I was I've, just I've kidding. Dabbled. You like what you like. Yeah, you I've know. dabbled. So, so Renee, what what dry what brings you into manga? What what's got you? You know, you've been reading manga for a long time. You know, when you first saw manga on the shelf, what drove you to it, or someone gave you manga? Or I don't really know what the story is. What got you really into getting like obsessed with it? He found it. Yeah, in I a guess gutter. we'll we'll go back to my uh, to my origins of uh, manga. <laughs> Classic manga trope. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The origin story happens in chapter five. So uh, originally I watched Dragon Ball Z as a kid, just anime, and uh, what actually got me into it was my younger cousin gave me a Dragon Ball Z manga. It was volume four. It was the fight between Goku and Vegeta. And uh, so I guess it was mostly nostalgia at first that got me into it. And um, 
I just kept reading that for years until I got my first job. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and get back into it. But what really pulled me in was just the fact that it was very different from Western-styled comics, you know, because a lot of Western style at the time that I was reading, it was like sort of just, you know, the superhero fights the villain and it's just sort of like that same sort of formula over and over again. I hadn't really gotten into independent comics at all. So what I really liked about manga was that each one wasn't connected. It was its own world. Each one had its own rules, had its own characters. And so everything was different and you sort of had to figure it out and pick it up along the way as with whatever story you were reading. And I thought that was absolutely incredible. And uh, I also liked that it was in black and white because then it sort of made me think about, you know, what the characters are going to look like if they didn't say like, oh, he's wearing an orange jacket. You just kind of had to decide, oh, I wonder what color that is, what color this is. And it sort of added another layer of creativity to it, I think, or at least while reading it. And um, yeah, but I guess mostly just like any other comic, it's just the story, if it's interesting, I get hooked on it, you know. Gotcha. And so, uh, the majority of manga, I'm guessing, you said you started with, uh, the majority of manga that you're reading translated into English um, here in the U.S. is mostly what's called like shonen manga, right? It's aimed at like a younger audience, typically younger boys between the ages of like 13 and 18. They're more action-oriented stories, or, and this is changing, I'm kind of making, making a general sweep here. Um, but like that kind of stuff got you into it. And then have you, have you read more? I mean, like from Dragon Ball Z, I guess, where did you go from there? Uh, okay. So yes, uh, you were right. Uh, most manga that I read is shonen manga and that's, uh, for young teenage boys generally. And, um, Mm -hmm. but, and I've kind of stayed around shonen for most of my life because it's just, those are the, those, that's the really big seller. Those are the ones that the world mostly knows. If mostly if you've heard of a series, it's, probably shonen or um shoujo manga which shoujo manga is for teenage girls so those are the most popular ones around the world but um since then i've gotten into more of seinen series which is for young adult males so my age group and then uh every now and then like a seijin one which is for um adult males which is like berserk or something like that sure and um so i'll jump i'll jump um around a little bit but mostly i do read shonen manga because it's just the most popular in shonen jo- i mean you like what you like you know yeah i mean there there is that big there's a weekly magazine that gets published i think you, you can get it on comiXology the same day as you can in japan which is kind of cool um called weekly shonen jump and that contains the individual chapters of ongoing books that are being published by shashua um in Japan, and so I guess like I'm, I'm kind of glossing over a lot of the details here, but there's there's the one of the big differences about like regular releases for manga versus Western comics is that manga typically is released in magazines in like anthology formats, similar to what um, heavy metal does uh, in the UK, or I guess they're actually here in the United States. I always think they're UK, but nonetheless, where you get a magazine that has you know anywhere between ten and fifteen chapters of all like fifteen different stories from fifteen different books. So rather than picking up your individual floppies, you instead pick up a magazine that just has all these other books. And I think that's a cross promotion kind of thing where you just say, oh, if you like, you know, you're, re- you're picked up this magazine just to read Bleach or to read Dragon Ball Super or something. But there's also these other books like Red Sprite or 
Baruto, which I think so is the sequel to. they force you to buy the whole line. Yeah, but but here's the thing: those books, like those weekly magazines that come out, are really really cheap. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. In, like I think it's like a couple dollars, maybe like yeah, US. it's a it's around a three hundred and fifty yen or something, or I think it's like four 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 hundred and fifty yen, which is roughly like around two or three dollars. So what you're wow. say you're buying like one Marvel book, that would be the same amount of about eighteen chapters. Uh, Ugh, of take note, yeah. American magazine. comics industry. Take well, note. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, each chapter is about twenty to twenty-two pages long, which is the mm-hmm. same length it's of a standard issue, comic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's the reason why they're in black and white is so that the ink sale is is still like down, so that they can do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. And and the thing is, if you see the detail of these black and white comics, it's so incredible sometimes that it's just in black and white and how vivid it feels and how real it is. And it, it almost yeah. feels like it ruins it when there's a color page. I mean, that's yeah. my personal thought, though. Right. And so so what what you'll get in a lot of these magazines is you'll see like some of the big, big seller books. Um, like, for instance, Naruto is a big book. Dragon Ball was a big book. Bleach was another big book. They'd get a few of the first couple of pages every once in a while would be in color. Um, but one other thing to note about that is that these books are coming out week to week and uh, rather than month to month here in the United States with few exceptions. So in Japan, like you're getting a new chapter of these comics every single week um, compared to the United States where you're getting one every single month. And a lot of that has to do with what Renee mentioned, printing and coloring and all this different stuff, which adds an extra layer of time on top of stuff. Plus, the creative process is totally different. And I could go into all of this stuff because the creative process behind how manga is made blows my fucking mind. And if you're really, really interested, if you're really interested in how manga is created and you don't want to go necessarily research on Wikipedia or read a bunch of blogs and stuff, I would highly, highly, highly recommend a series called Bakuman, um, which was published for for 20 volumes. Um, It's got the cheesiest, dumbest love story that goes throughout the story. But the key component, the thing that I took away the most out of it, uh, up until the last probably like five or six volumes, was the creation process. This book is about these two young kids who want to make manga. They're like 15 years old, and they want to get into the manga industry, and that's not unheard of, and yada, yada, yada. Basically, the story blows up how the publishing process works for Sheshwa, the, the one of the bigger publishing companies in Japan. They publish yeah, Weekly Shonen Jump. It owns, it owns like seven different magazines. So like they own yeah. a Seinen magazine, they own a Shoujo one, they own one for kids. But Shonen Jump is within the building and that's the magazine that they're uh, trying to be published in. Yeah. In the series. And so... And so with with few exceptions, most of these books come out weekly. There are like monthly periodicals instead. Um, there are some books that get published in Weekly Shonen Jump, like One Punch Man that come out once a month. Um, but on the whole, like you'll most manga is published week to week. And that's like one of the major differences. You're getting new content really, really quickly. Um, and you're only paying, you know, like three fifty or four fifty or whatever it is to support, you know, not only not just one, but like 15 to 20 different books like Renee was saying so that like huge core differences in how the content is delivered and this is you can pick up a physical book or you can pick up a digital version and from my understanding the digital version is much cheaper um, so a lot of people get that that way but if you pick up the physical version you can also vote on which manga or which books you like and that actually determines what books stay in the magazine and continue to get published and which ones don't because um, they do a lot of like surveys and stuff like that there's there's a whole crazy process. You should really read Bakuman. It's fucking awesome. I learned ama- all this from it's, Bakuman. It's one of my favorite um, books, actually, because it talks about the industry, and it's got a very big love for 
art and storytelling in general. And it even goes into like, even if you're just like interested in how things are made or even an editorial side of like how magazines or books are published, because it does even go into the way that they do novels in Japan. And and they even like, because they make a lot of comparisons because they're trying to fully explain to their audience, which is a gigantic manga trope. But um, it's, it's just very cool to see the, just the, the skeleton of the whole thing. Like Mike was saying about the about the uh, voting system, which is really which is, this is a fantastic time to be reading Shonen Jump right now because they've been having a very large turnover rate. Uh, so there's a lot of series that are just being pumped out and getting canceled, and you know it's just crazy right now. So I mean, I would pick it up now and and read it because there's a lot yeah. of new things. Happening. I think the the thing is they're you know they're trying. To, this is me just going into a little a bit of guessing, but I think that Shonen is trying or Sheshua is trying to find their next big hit that isn't Bleach or Naruto. They're trying to find a new series that they can yeah. really latch onto. That's um, that's exactly what it is because uh, One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto were the flagship uh, stories for about ten years, and they were literally commonly referred to as the big three among yeah. people that uh, you know read. It. I sound like such weeboo trash right now, and I can't even get over it. <laughs> Fine. But, fine. but it was they were they were known as the big three and since naruto and bleach have ended you know just one piece is is up there and even one piece's sales have gone down over the past years not like a lot but like you know just a little bit significantly because it's it just is what it is so right now you have a lot of new series that are trying to fight for the top spot and uh there are some really good ones out there like robot laser beam and dr stone and promise neverland are probably my favorites that are probably going to take those next top spots so and then my hero academia oh yeah my hero classroom assassination classroom's over though oh it's over i didn't it ended i didn't know that i didn't know that last year i didn't know that renee it's it's still being published into the uh uh into the uh, sorry, Tonka, graphic novel. I was gonna say Tonkabon, and I was like, no. So yeah, so there's a lot of link. Sorry, Renee and I are like in our own little world right now. Sorry, Kate. Um, so this is it's so this okay. Is, I knew what you were talking about like five minutes ago, so we're good. I'm just trying so hard not to, to use the American. I'm trying so hard to use the terminology that we would use here, and that sound. Uh, just why'd you have to say it, Kate? I just feel. Like- <laughs> Sorry, we're all trash here. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just ways. like being being aware of it. Like it's never like I'm not aware of it, but I'm just like just violently aware of it. You know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so that th- th- that's a very very brief <laughs> introduction into the Mongol world, I guess. Um, but there, so there are these core differences um, in 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 the publishing system, and that that's a whole interesting aspect for me. But I think like the the primary reason I think a lot of times you know people say they don't like manga is because it is in black and white, or it's the you know the stories are very convoluted, or they they do that thing that Renee kind of pointed out, which is a trope where they explain things directly to the reader oh, as I if you that. didn't understand that. Oh, uh, oh, show me, don't tell me, Jesus, exactly. manga. So, oh, it drives so th- me nuts. I think this is this is a problem with the different types of manga that are out there, right? Um, I think with Sinan and uh, you know, in basically books that are aimed at older audiences, you don't get that so much. But books no, that are really aimed don't. at younger audiences, it's, it's mainly in shonen because they're they're kids, so they're still in school and they're still learning, and so that's where that comes from. Yeah, you don't see it a lot in Sinan. They're just kind of like you know because magic. Yeah, yeah. So it's that it's interesting. So, but you said, Kate, like you've you've tried to read some books. What have you tried to read that like really said, I don't know if this is for me? 
Well, I mean, to start with, the, the thing that got me going, like, okay, yeah, I'll try more so that I've gotten to read, like, 24 volumes now of various things. But the one that got me hooked and then disappointed by everything else was One Punch Man. I got super into oh, no. it. I okay, love okay. One Punch Man for the first few bo- few volumes, and then it got real homophobic, and that was real sad. And I stopped wanting to spend my money on it. Uh, and so then I went and tried other things, and I tried a lot of the, the like the standard stuff that everyone around you is reading. Like I tried Attack on Titan, and I tried um, Fairy Tale, and Auron High School Host Club, and Hanakimi, and. Some oh, other wow. ones. These are some I don't even know. I've never heard of some of these. I'll say oh, those really? last two are definitely shoujo. Yeah, they are. Um, and then I, I tried like some that are like Wolf Children. Um, I don't know. I, okay, mostly... so Wolf Children is originally an anime. I would yeah. say watch it instead of read it because the animation is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's and really then like <laughs> Uzumaki Deluxe Addiction. I read that one, like the whole thing or whatever. And Rurouni Kenshin. I don't know. So you that's like, like where Kenshin? these are. No, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I <laughs> like that better than I liked any of the. It's not for everybody, but whatever man. you called the girl ones, I like that a lot. That one a lot better than I the. The shojo. Yeah, the shojo. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I mean, I have I have but, a spot in my heart for shojo. I'm not gonna lie. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fine. I just. So I, I had my big things. I didn't like the cutesy stuff in the shoujo. Like all the sure. weird where any any time where instead of showing a facial expression, they change it to a weird caricature. It throws me right out of the story. <laughs> and especially the little weird cutesy caricatures. I'm just like, I'm done. I can't handle this. <laughs> and so um, I, that, that was one of the things where I have a stumbling block. But like all of those were books that were recommended or handed to me by people who love them. And I'm like, okay, I'll try this. And then uh, just the, the show, um, you said show nin for the boys. For, oh, yeah, Shonen one? and then Shoujo. Shonen. Yeah, so, okay, so the Shonen ones where I got hung up was all the, you know, I've mastered dancing donkey move to defeat the baddie of the week, and now look, another <laughs> baddie. Now I must master drowning duck move and repeat for 10,000 volumes. And I'm just that's, like, That's like power creep, I think, that Dragon Ball <sighs> Z pretty much like set the fucking yeah. playing field for that. <laughs> well, actually, it's, it was... Uh, if you go back even farther, it was like Fist of the North Star and manga like that really set that kind of thing. And that's – so Dragon Ball Z was just sort of following that. And even Dragon Ball just kind of followed that and just went to town with it. And it's really the generation after that started to break away from that. But there's there's so many where it's just like let's do the same move over and over again because it'll all – it's, you know, Trump move, Trump card. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And I mean that's what One Punch is making fun of. Um, yeah. And then I also want to say that that's not unique to manga. Like I also don't like that type because there's definitely that villain of the week kind of comics where we're just we're gonna fight yeah. this guy this week and then this guy and I don't like those comics either. So that's not really unique to manga so much as the manga I keep getting past are those. That's the one I was referring to actually. The Rurouni Kenshin is the one that my friend was like this is the best manga ever and it's my favorite thing and she's a huge manga fan like she grew up in china and all that stuff and like grew up with this stuff and adores it and i'm like well when did you originally read this because i feel like knowing you now this doesn't even remotely feel like the kind of story you'd like and she's like well it's pretty nostalgic i read it when i was like eight i'm like okay that makes more sense yeah <laughs> but i mean i i do love rurouni kenshin especially since um 
in the later parts it gets into like really heavy stuff and you learn mm-hmm. more about his background and uh really i would say the live action films and even the and the um ovas the ova trust and betrayal i think that's what it's called is one of my favorite animated films of all time which goes into his past during the meiji restoration which is a phenomenal film. So I would say it. If you're not going to read any more of Rooney Kenshin, that's fine. But definitely watch that movie because it's oh, really good. Is, is this a bad time to tell you that I hate anime like more than I can't read? <laughs> like I always, when people tell me anime to watch, I'm like, is there a manga? Because if you're desperate, I'll look at it from the library and read the manga. But I, oh, anime makes me. Even I mean, more that's crazy. fine. I'm that's not, fine. This is, My entire this is family the doesn't like heresy, anime, right? so it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm offended. Literally, my entire family is like, uh, "Do you have? Can you watch that on your computer? Does it have to be on, the, on the main screen?" So it's uh, again, that's fine. But yeah. it's just, it, it is a really good story that that movie. If you can get around it, but if not, then I would just say watch the live action films because they are really well done. Just even just as a normal film. My roommate was super into anime, and I'd always tease him that it always sounded like he was watching porn because their voices, like if a girl's getting fighting or getting hit or scared, all sounds exactly the same as if she's, you know. So, I mean, it also depends on on which one you're watching or what you're uh, reading because they do actually add things like that into to get views. Like, which is yeah. something that we learned from Bakuman, Mike, with the uh, the panty shots from yes. Shonen. Oh, yeah. oh no, oh, yeah. the fan service so crap. Yeah, uh, that's why that? that's in there yeah. is because it gets little kid, little boys who you know are you're just oh, sort boy. of going through <laughs> puberty. They're like ah, panties. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's one of those dumb tropes that exists. Exactly, yeah. it's really and sad, but they it's they keep like they're there. It and is I think what it is. I think there's something to be said about like the tropes that get thrown into to manga a lot of the time because a lot of them are actual like understood tropes that I think fans and creators like they 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 recognize that they're there. They recognize that they're doing them. It's not a right. oh like this is an original thought. We should show her panties in this. Like that's uh, that yeah, no, yeah, no one's yeah. doing that thinking, "Wow, what an original great idea that we have." <laughs> they know yeah. that they're doing it for specific reasons and that doesn't justify them in any way. But I think yeah. that that it definitely is something to be said that like, you know, as adults reading these, we kind of go, "Oh, we roll your eyes at the tropes and you kind of move on." Because you know, you're reading a lot of these books because ultimately you think that there is a good story there. Like, for instance, My Hero yeah. Academia. I love that book because it's essentially anime X-Men. And I fucking <laughs> love that. Like, yeah. beyond a doubt. Like, I never thought that I would fall in love with the manga as much as I have with books like X-Men. But My Hero Academia is like the perfect level of drama and superhero ridiculousness that X-Men offers all in a crazy action-packed manga storyline. And it's fantastic. So, I mean, and that's what draws me. But th- but that book also has, like, there are characters that literally represent the tropes in that series. Like, the little, the, the guy with the, the sticky balls. Mineta. That he has. Yeah, the, he... <laughs> constantly just pointing out oh yeah that that suit it looks really nice on you girl character like why would like why <laughs> that's know? him being tame too yeah yeah <laughs> i know so much worse in the book yeah but so like, there are those there are tropes like that like they even have like school trips and there's always a bath chapter and there's a beach chapter and yeah they do that mainly because they're they're teenage kids reading this and so it relates to them and they're like oh yeah 
we've done this at school or we're going to do this with our friends. And yeah. there's always like one for the new year where they go to the shrine and pray for good fortunes and stuff like that. Yeah. And generally that's when characters make wishes about their crushes and crap like that. But that's yeah. because kids do that type of thing, you know, and it's, it's relatable to them. So think of any book where you're like, Oh yeah. Feels because it's like me. That's why. Right. So I think if you're looking for more actual complex stories and you want well, and more things than that break that, characters, yeah, yeah, I think you should probably look like look for yeah. adult-oriented manga, which totally exists. It's kind of hard to get here in the United States unless you're willing to read it digitally, um, or yeah, digitally one way or another. I'll just say that um, because like there are books like, for instance, one book that I've been reading um, or trying to read, but they just haven't released anymore because Vertical. The publisher who translates it hasn't published any new volumes, but there's a book called Drops of God, and it's all about wine, and it's all about you know the various flavors of wine and where wine come from, and it's an it's an educational slash story oriented book. The story totally corny. It's like I, don't, I won't even go into it. But the the thing that really drives me to this book and keeps me reading and wanting more is the explanation about how why wine is tastes one way or how like two different you know vinters can create wine in the same area and they'll have two definite different flavors because of like where they're positioned on the various rivers in France and that's just the French side of wine they haven't even begun to talk about Italian wine and, and wine from the Americas and all this different stuff and the whole story is about all the different types of wine that you can get from across the world because this character is trying to find the these 13 types of wine that his dad i'm not going to get into the story i just because won't get the into the story an alcoholic what okay. <laughs> that because would be his dad a good used twist. to be a, a famous wine critic and, uh, and he's got this billion <laughs> billion fortune that he wants to give to his son but his son must beat his ultimate rival his adopted brother i, I, I don't want to get into the story you guys. <laughs> I was like, there's a, there's a story like that, sort of, but it's about food, and it's it really took off on Crunchyroll. It's called Food Wars, or in Japanese, it's called Shokugeki no Soma, and it's it's very interesting on the because it's about chefs and cooking school and all that, and it's very interesting on the culinary side. But at the same time, it's a seinen magazine because they do a lot of erotic stuff in it, and it's so weird. So, right. Kate, stay away from that one. Uh, I believe yeah. I've seen that one at a party because someone put it on because it's the manga or the anime is hilarious because Oh, it's so scenes. funny. It's so funny because it's so it's weird. It's hilariously awful. It's so um. weird. It's it's cringeworthy and the thing yeah. is my best friend told me to read that one and I was like, what? That doesn't seem like something you'd read. And then he was like, it's really good. You just kind of have to get over that type of thing, which is something that we talk about a lot and just deal with. Yeah, so, okay, so here's here's yeah. an important question. How do I figure out if what I'm reading is actually for little kids or not? Because I've just been looking on the back of these books. Like, I'm getting them from the library, right? And so physical, sure. mm-hmm. you know, volume from the library. And I look on the back, and I try and make sure I'm getting ones that are, like, like 16 plus. Because did, it did seem to me, like, wow, it does seem like part of the problem is I'm just reading, essentially, children's comics, right? Except not comics. But y- you get the point. And so, yeah. I was like, and so like, I actually read one in prep for this episode and it was like 17 plus or something and it was the same super juvenile explain everything to the reader like so is is the is the teen rating really different in for manga than it is for comics because that's kind of what i think i'm like most of the superhero books i read are all rated t plus this is rated t plus it must be about for the equivalent audience right no, so what it what it is with that, um, when it says the 17 plus or 12 plus, uh-huh. what it means is it's primarily aimed at that original number, 
but oh. they're including the people Anyone that have probably older. grown grown up with the series or was already reading the magazine when they were that age because they so continue to get it. So if it says like 13 plus, it means this was written for 13-year-olds in mind. That yeah, makes 13 more to sense. 15 Usually. because they always want the younger reader because once mm-hmm. they get them, then they'll continue to Keep buy it till they're it. like 18, yeah. 19, right. until it's embarrassing for them to buy it in public, basically. <laughs> yeah. And also because then people are halfway through the stories and they're growing up because these stories literally go on from like 10 p- 10 to plus years like Hajime no Ippo and Berserk and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure have all run for th- uh, 20 plus years and yeah. some of yeah. them have even gone over 30. So the thing is like um it's really hard to find those series that are aimed at higher audiences especially depending on what magazine it is. So and a, a lot of them also start out really really simplistic and then they age with their audience. So the the yeah. The hardest thing is about finding the right one, and this is where you need your friendly neighborhood weeaboo because they can well, steer you in I'm the asking. right direction. Well, that's what I'm asking. What should we read? If we don't well, want, also, if you're like me and you don't want the kid ones, where do I start? What do I ask my library about? Or go on Comicsology for? Yeah, I always start with Death Note because it's a very yeah. good series. It's very adult. It's very mature, and it's there isn't really physical battles it's all mind battles and it's very intricate it's so emo kid favorite yeah the thing is it's it's the emo kid favorite just because of the long hair but it's really not that emo (laughs) because it's about this kid that wants to purify the world by getting rid of evil and then there's the the police that are like oh this guy is a mass murderer we need to stop him and it becomes a question of who is really good this person that's killing all the evil in the world but then has to kill people around him to keep his goal pursuing or is it the police who are stopping someone that is making sure no one does anything bad out of fear of dying and it becomes this question of morality and things like that and it's very intriguing and it's it's very adult is what it is which is why it's very surprising that it was made by uh Shonen Jump. It was published by Shonen Jump. And, yeah. uh, and does it do all that all... telling instead of showing stuff? Uh, it yes. does a little bit of both. There's a <laughs> there's does. a whole lot of telling because it's people, it's detectives trying to figure out someone's motivation of someone they don't know and they can't see. And they're trying so to figure it out. It's very, like, they, the way that they tell things, I mean, sometimes it's a little on the nose, but in a lot of ways it's, like, the same way that a procedural cop drama okay. will retell things. Yeah. To say, like, you know, you'll see an, a scene play out, and then they'll kind of go back and say, I did all these things, and, you know, I noticed these things, yada, yada, yada. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I, Death Note's pretty pretty solid. Um, I would recommend Drops of God. It does a little bit of telling, but it's, like, an, in, an educational kind of thing. Um, but it's really hard to get a hold of past volume four. Okay. I, um otherwise yeah i don't i don't know too many <laughs> cuz all i read is is shonen for the most part i want to read more more like adult oriented manga out there so if anyone listening knows some good stuff please let us know send us suggestions i want to read i want to read also I'm, to be clear we mean adult as in meant for adult audiences not mature as in not, porn <laughs> not, yeah please yeah, not yeah, porn yeah. please, please, not please porn. don't send us that we know it's out there <laughs> tentacles are a thing don't just don't <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, so I would I would always suggest Death Note, and then there's also um, I would I, I mentioned this to Mike not that well. There's this shonen series called Kakaishi, which is just about demon hunters, and except that they're sort of protecting this sacred ground that's been in their family, and it starts off you know, really very kiddish as like these kids that are just doing this thing for their family. But then it gets incredibly in depth. It both in characters, they deal with loss and 
their own dreams and how they're dealing with the this protecting this sacred thing and there's all these other things at work and it gets very mature very very fast but it's also a very long series it's like 30 some volumes but so, Kaishi is fantastic with American comics if you pick up in our browsing because I, I get a ton of stuff from the library so I'm often like browsing through flipping through pages and if I see that the characters in like the main characters are children then nine times out of ten the audience intended audience was children that's an easy way to tell right not not yeah. always I mean lock and key is a great example of a book that's not but is that true for manga as well like if i'm flipping through manga at the library and the main character is clearly a younger kid is it probably or like a school age kid is usually what i see I'm like okay they're in school uniforms this it, can it be just assumed that it's probably for kids or intended for kids uh yeah generally if they're if they're in generally, a school yeah. uniform it can it depends on the on the age though because a lot of those times like i said the uh, story the characters grow up and a lot of them a lot of the big ones that go on for a long time they'll have time skips like one piece has a time skip naruto had a time skip um i think it's kind of like harry potter got more mature yeah yeah shaman king is one of my absolute favorite mangas and it starts off really really goofy and it keeps this goofy tone all the way through but at the same time it's to overcut the fact that they're trying to stop the world from ending and that there's a lot of people that have died trying to keep the world safe and it gets incredibly just very intense but um one of the most mature uh books that i've ever read manga wise is berserk and berserk is run over 30 years and it's truly fantastic the art is amazing the story is great but at the same time it is you need to do your research into going into Berserk because it is incredibly dark. And once yeah. you hit this certain chapter, it is the most depressing thing. I was depressed for an entire month after getting to this one chapter because it is so <laughs> wow. insanely dark. I'm not Sounds even joking. Great. Yeah. It's a fantastic story. And it's, it's, uh, it literally has created so many like characters and stuff like, like the, uh, this is something, this YouTuber Super Eyepatch Wolf does a, a wonderful video on Berserk. It's like it's like twenty minutes long. It's but it's really in depth and it's sort of why you should watch it. And I would say if you're even thinking about it, watch that video. But he describes the main character guts. He's like, have you ever seen a sad anime boy with a giant sword? The original is guts, and it's, <laughs> he's totally correct. I mean, I think that's another sticking point for when you're talking about um, like the arc character archetypes that you see constantly, like. Not that that isn't in every other genre, too, but there's certain ones in comics that I like to read all the time, and I haven't found one in manga that resonates real well. Like, are you the quiet, self-sacrificing girl? Are you the strong, silent boy who's super tough? Are you the boy who is super awkward and can't talk to girls? Like, none of them, I don't know, have, have been... You see them over and over, and that's not a criticism to manga. It's just none of them have been ones where I'm like, yep, I'm going to read this archetype until I die because I love it. Yeah. The way there's certain things like yeah. that in comics and novels that I'm into. So if, if there's a series that you want to read where it turns everything upside down, it's probably Jojo's bizarre adventure because it changes <laughs> with every single part and it's so dang weird. But at the same time, there is no character that really is the same. And even the archetypes, you know, they, they change and it's very fun. It's incredibly weird, but it's a very fun story to, to read. 
Yeah, we'll put a big list of these in the show notes with links to like Amazon and stuff like that that we can, and in Comixology or whatever, however you want to buy. I know, Kate, one that I will recommend that I know is breaking all these archetypes and it's probably a story that you wouldn't expect out of manga okay. or whatever. Um, it's called What Did You Eat Yesterday? Um, story by... <laughs> It, it, hear, hear me out. It's a story by certain uh, names Fubi. you know have to be in anime or manga, and that's, I mean, that's listen, definitely one of them. <laughs> it's called "What Did You Eat Yesterday?" It's about uh, two. It's a casual romance story about two middle-aged men. One of them is a chef. The other is a hardworking businessman. And the chef constantly is telling, asking his boyfriend ish question mark um what did you eat yesterday like what did you have to eat you've been working so hard what did you eat um and so they would they sit down they have they have they talk at their dinner table and he makes all this fantastic food i've read the first half of it i bought the volume one a while back it's very very good i think you'd dig it if you want something that's way out of the norm um from what we're what we've been talking about here nothing that's action-packed this is very slow it's adult oriented um, it's it's just a it's a it's a more casual book I think I think there's about twelve volumes of that that uh, Vertical published um, in English so you can find I think you should be able to find all twelve volumes of that here in the U S. Okay. So manga. that's that's what I would say. If you want, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, <laughs> manga, manga love. No matter what manga you're reading, they always talk about food at some point. Like get, they get real deep into it for like a chapter at least. That's true. It's true. There's even this there's this weird like chapter in Jojo's part four. They go to this restaurant and this chef just literally starts talking to them about food for the entire chapter. Mm-hmm. And, but you'll you, find, and then they never come back to it. But it's well, there. You'll find so it's a lot of manga. There. They'll do like little one off chapters or one off story arcs. Like I was reading Assassination Classroom and they did a whole they did a whole arc about baseball, like because the, the kids in this high school wanted to play against the kids in the other part of the high school like E grade versus A grade and so the worst versus the best and so they did this whole in-depth thing like for a whole whole volume all about them playing baseball and I was like hold on a second they make a lot of baseball manga I should really read it because it was really cool it was really action-packed um, and I dug it uh, so you there know is, they, there is a food fun. one in assassination classroom too yes there is there's, there's a school festival thing and they make food based on like, just off the ingredients they find on the mountain where their classroom is oh my assassination God. classroom's a good one that's a goofy book but it's it's, it's so goofy you might hate it because of all the faces but yeah there's, it's there are a lot intended of faces. to be goofy and it's it's very very cool to want to read my favorite <laughs> reading it right now Renee and I hate each other for how much we love this book, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, I, mean, I, I, I still like you, but I'm, whatever. Hey, you know, I, I'm hating myself for liking that book is what I'm saying. Why? Um, it's so good. It's so goofy. That's I. You know, I'm not going to get into it anymore. We're going to wrap up the show. This is the end of this episode. Embrace <laughs> thank you. goofiness, people. Embrace yes. it. Yeah. So thank you to Kate and Renee for joining me this week. You can find us all on Twitter. Kate is at Kate Scotchless. Her last name's weirdly spelled, so I'm not going to even try. Uh, you can find that in the show notes. <laughs> Renee is, uh, he wrote in the notes, Renee is awesome, but his Twitter handle is Rodriguer29. Uh, look up in the show notes. My my username is not Mike has a beard.com it's actually <laughs> at mike rappin you can find me on twitter there you can follow the show at ircb podcast for weird stuff that i find on the internet really late at night i retweet it and polls that we have such as the one that we did last week are the x-men stupid the results may surprise you uh you can find <laughs> you can join the goodreads group for weekly threads our monthly show that we do where we pick a book based on what all the people in the goodreads group vote on um 
We also have a summer reading list that has a couple days left on. I think that Wednesday will be the second to last day that we'll be actually taking suggestions. You can add any book that you want to this list and it'll be a part of our summer reading list and people will have to read it or we'll encourage them to read it. At least Kate will be moderating the shit out of that and making sure that people are being honest about what they're reading. Um, please it's an rate, honor system. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the show. You know, this show can only grow by you know you telling everyone how much you love it because we love you. We're so happy that you listen. You guys are blowing up our numbers. I'm so happy that the people are listening to the show and commenting and you know stalking us on the internet uh please talk to us about comic books we love talking about them so follow us all on twitter follow the show on twitter rate subscribe tell everyone about it email the show at ircb at destroy the ircb.us is our website where you can see our weekly pull list posting where everyone who's on the show or at least a handful of us talk about what books we're reading every week um infinity shred does all of our music they are the best band in the entire universe go buy all their albums go see them live they're touring i believe xander zimzam aka vanderzam He's a wizard. He also <laughs> edits the show. I love him to death. He's my favorite person in the world. And I want to say before we leave, thank you for listening to I Read Comic Books. It means the world to us that you sit down for an hour plus every week and listen to us speak like a bunch of idiots, specifically for weeks like this where we're talking about manga. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to I Read Comic Books. We will check you next week. <laughs>